0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday?
1: It's hot, Dennis. It's uh, almost 100 degrees here this week Um, in Mm. grand old Bloomington, Indiana. Uh,
0: Yeah, we had a a crazy heat wave. I think I talked about that last week. Um, It did finally... I ran my AC for a couple hours yesterday. Actually... Somewhere around like five PM, which is four or five PM is the hottest time of the day here. Um I don't know if that's probably the the what latitude? Um it's, I think
1: three o'clock here is, is what they go for.
0: Yeah. So I I don't I don't know if that's because I'm further north or or what that is, but that's normal. It was like inside the camper it was like eighty three. Ish, um, And I actually went down to do laundry in the laundry room and I had to leave my dog in the camper. And so I closed everything up and turned the AC on while I was gone. And then by the time I got back up here folded and everything, it was, I don't know, after eight and getting dark. And so I turned the AC off and opened all the windows again. And then um, it was pretty cold today I actually didn't even really open my windows until about an hour ago because it's let's see it right now is seventy three and I don't think it at uh, and it's almost six uh pacific time so yeah it's it's finally cooled off unfortunately we're getting a little bit of that haze from there our fires somewhere oh uh, yeah up north i don't know if it's canada or north of seattle or what it is but i i went uh, i walked the dog yesterday morning and then when i went out in the afternoon evening i was like oh the air looks a little hazy and through the trees i could see the sun and the sun looked real orange and i'm like oh there's some of that it's not real bad right like i said it's just kind of a haze like if we weren't um if this area wasn't under a burn ban um and if it were more active because there are people here but not a lot and it's been so hot that people aren't really outside um but in the summer when a campground is crowded you get a lot of smoke from fires right campfires yeah um but we're under a burn ban here so there are no campfires people if they're doing that they have you know propane fire pits that don't oh I see. you know they don't don't smoke like that the um uh yeah, cause that's a thing you can do if there's if there's a burn ban because a a propane fire doesn't you know go off sparks or anything
1: yeah we, we uh we haven't heard from canada in a while so maybe just that's the last bit of the 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 country that's burned down yeah finally made yeah, it out to the west coast
0: it started over in quebec and Yep, and now it's it's almost done. It's almost a Vancouver.
1: It's, it's fi- finally burned up the whole country, and there's nothing left up there. So we'll we'll, we'll poke the border a little bit here at, in a while and see if they uh, if they respond. Hope hopefully they're okay. Our, our fine Canadian northern people. Um, mm. we we haven't had a lot of that recently. I mean, we we did for about a month though, It was all super hazy that I hadn't seen. So now just icky. I mean it's August so. You know, it's in, in Indiana August sucks I think like most places um, but you know I'm, I don't know I'm still enjoying the fact that it's warm I'm I'm a warm person so or a warm weather person so even though it's hot and I don't have air conditioning in my car for some reason I gotta go take it in uh, driving with the top down still swelteringly heat I'm okay with it totally okay um, how's the west, the west treating you still good out there everything good
0: yeah yeah, I'm uh, at the same place I was last time we recorded. I think what is it? it's Monday, ten. That doesn't. That's not right. Did I? Maybe we recorded um, when I was at the last park with the ocean because I remember we talked about the the sand and the beach and everything. Yeah. So I think I've moved since then. But I have been at this park before. I was here for a couple weeks, uh, before, back in July. Um, and so I know it pretty well. I know the sort of different routes that I take when I walk the dog, and, uh, it's pretty quiet, like I said, because of the, because of the heat. Even the people who are here kind of stick indoors, but I've met, I've met some people, and, uh, you know, they, they want to stop and, pet the dog well, <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 her more than them usually she'll go up to every person oh is that right we'll it's give nice. we'll give her attention right it's golden retriever yeah uh, they, pretty standard they, uh,
1: they have they have the nice personalities they the, do those doggy dogs
0: um
1: yeah i had a mention here a couple weeks ago we had a, we had a dog visit the house so just kind of instant buddy it's one of the things i love about dogs so much is that they are they're just like your buddies right off the bat You know, Mm -hmm. either they don't like you or they like you a whole lot. There's kind of no in between. Cats are completely (laughs) ambivalent to anything. True. Uh, So what do we got this week? We um, watched a little bit of our show, one episode of our show. And then we got Strange New Worlds to talk about. And Mm -hmm. I watched Blue Beetle. I guess we can say that. Uh, I don't have a lot to to really respect reply to the blue beetle movie that, that i watched um it's getting good scores but i'm not entirely certain why it's not bad it's just very formulaic um it's really weird because i was kind of bored um the it's got really good fight scenes I can, it's the opposite of the flash where the flash had just anytime something air quotes cool was supposed to happen, and just looked so bad that you couldn't mm. stand it. This was that, like, it's just kind of very boring. And actually, the, the kid from Cobra Kai is the main character, and he does an okay job. Um, although George Lopez is the best part of the show. Um, but he does fine, but still, if you've ever seen Cobra Kai, the story and the talkie bits are very much that quality. Where it's like, okay, it's fine, it's not great. Um, you know what's going to happen in every scene. There's no surprises in any way. Um, and like I said I got kind of bored, but then, but then when the action happens, it's very cool. It's like the the CGI artists were on on point there, and they made a really cool fight scenes. They just did really mm. good with it, and I was like, wow, okay. Um, except. I couldn't understand for the longest time, for half the movie, why people call, kept calling this Iron Man. Even our buddy Fox reviewed it, kept calling it Iron Man. Uh, because the last fight is basically every fight that Iron Man had in the Iron Man movies. Like, if, you know, he, he does the thing where he gets trapped underneath the bad guy, and then all of a sudden he pulls at his chest, and all the power goes from his arms all the the middle of his chest, and then shoots out in a straight beam to knock the guy off of him. Like, that's that's an Iron Man move. And then he gets knocked, mm-hmm. Blue Beetle gets knocked away and he does a flip and stops himself by using the jet's blast thing to slow himself down. He does a superhero pose. I'm like, that's an Iron Man pose. Like everything they did was just from other movies. Um, it's, mm. got, it's got a few, you know, unique powers that he uses. But for the most part, it's like these people were super fans of the MCU and just remade a movie together like that. Um, the first half is basically Venom. I mean, it's, it's like Venom's whole story, and told the exact same way, with
0: different actors. Sure, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I got that vibe from the trailer. I haven't seen it, obviously, but
1: yeah. So it's it's not bad. It's definitely not bad, but it's definitely not great. And I I I struggled to find what people liked. That an hour in, I honest, I was there in, in the theater. This was Sunday Sunday uh, afternoon, so it wasn't late or wrong, but it was a Sunday, and there were three people in the whole you know theater. Me and two other people um so it was kind of nice to have the whole theater to myself but after an hour about an hour and 15 minutes i honestly opened my phone to see what time it was like how much longer do we have left mm. in the show because i knew what's going to happen like i know everything they're going to say everything they're going to do you know and there was sure. you know oh there that this girl comes on the screen that there's the love interest okay they're, they're gonna meet oh there they met you know oh he said something awkward and she, you know, she's going to ignore him for a minute. Oh, that's what happened. You know, and it's like, oh, his family's going to make fun about, you know, how he likes her. Oh, there it is. You know, so it. it I when I walked away from it, I was like, I, sh- I don't want to be harsh on this because I think that if you haven't seen this kind of formulaic stuff often, then it, it'd be great and fine, especially if the kind of the turd bombs we've had with superheroes lately. Um, right. It's, it's passable. Um, when I said that um, Shazam was from like 10 to 13-year-olds, this one is from maybe 13 to 16-year-olds, right? It totally fits as if I'm like between middle school and high school, you know? Hmm. I'm like, because y- you want to see the boy get the girl, you know, he's awkward, she's cute and confident, um, got a family that's you know quirky and a grandma that holds a, a what's it, kind of a, a hip mounted minigun and shoots it you're like okay that's <laughs> something a 14 year old would think is really funny right um sure it's fine you know and it's rainbow colored and uh, okay um
0: so he uh, was fine i'm going to um i'm going to maybe say something a little problematic no oh, okay is uh, the the main character and his family are they um, Hispanic? Yeah, Latin? they're Mexican. Right. Yeah, and actually,
1: yeah. that is the best part. People have said that. Oh, it's got you know uh, the thing about Latino thing, and, and that's that's right. It's actually they're they're kind of great. The family, um, mm-hmm. just because, like I said, um, George Lopez is, is well. He's just great. He, he's a funny. He's a funny dude. And he's good in this, and he's funny in this, and he's likable because sure. George Lopez is a very likable guy. So, mm-hmm. and he's one of the main family members. Um, the mom and dad are kind of just there, uh, but they have a little bit of their things. And the and the grandma is like an old revolutionary from Mexico in days when she was younger or something. Sure. Uh, and then the sister is the buddy sister. So it's it. They all work really well, and those actors did a really great job with that. It's just that their writing and directing were just, just kind of by the numbers, you know.
0: That, yeah, that's that's sort of what I was going to speculate. Because I've seen the trailers, but I couldn't remember and I didn't want to assume yeah. um, that that was the case. And so I wonder if it might be a little bit of a, um, a Black Panther situation. And I don't quite want to open that whole... Uh, you, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Black Panther, but that sort of not. And I don't want to call it political either, but the idea of, um, you know, here's a here's a superhero for a group of people who haven't had a superhero on screen sure. before. Right. Like yeah. um, like the Miss Marvel series. Oh, right. Sure. Or again, Black Panther. I, and I, that might be that might be let's say giving it bonus points. In it, some it could be, I, I would say opinions it gave and, it bonus and points for me for
1: that. Like sure. I, I think that I, I might've even said that recently on, on the show talking about wanting to see, maybe it's just to you more shows with made by culturally people of their culture and, and history, things like that. And, and while this definitely isn't that it's a comic book made up movie with, with Jaime in it, but um, it's, it, it, it was good it was it was good it was like it felt legitimate and normal and you know i i, I don't um well i don't know I, i've met several hispanic families and friends that i know but um and it did feel very much like what you know you would want to think in good representation of that culture but it also wasn't like 100 percent that wasn't the movie it just they were part of that it was their family instead of some other tony stark rich guy's family or something sure um, well, so I mean, that, I think that was pretty good.
0: I I think there's an argument to be made that that is better, right? Like, it is. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that. Yes. You know, otherwise it's it's kind of tokenism, right? That's the yes, that's part of that's part of what goes wrong with so many, um, uh, you know, female led films lately is that the the most interesting thing about the character seems to be that she's a woman. You're like yeah. uh, really, right. like would would I would would anybody want to watch a a superhero movie where the most interesting thing about Captain America, Tony or Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, Thor, whomever, like the most interesting thing about them is that they're a man? Yeah, like that's not that's that's uh, pretty lazy writing. Wh-
1: which kind of made one, one the first Wonder Woman so good is that it was a fish out of water story and not necessarily focused around her just being a woman type stuff right it's the uh well you and i talk about it it's like they you don't want to be preached to or that to be the whole thing and then then you have that that issue of like i can't say i don't like this movie because of political reasons type stuff
0: yeah Um,
1: that's i i I will say that this probably got some points for me for that but only because it fit it felt natural and and good and normal right um jaime's you know mexican and or mexican american and his family is, you know, from Mexico, and that's not a like they don't make a big point of it. They talk about it, and they, just how they normally talk about things. They you mentioned like, oh, they don't they don't see us because we're workers. It's kind of like our superpower. So they joke about stuff like that. Um, but it's not it's not a main point of the movie at all, and any kind of any point. It's just part of the movie. So I that gives them sure. points. That gave them points in my in my book because it wasn't anything like that. But besides that. There wasn't anything else that I thought was, you know, absolutely amazing. I definitely would take, oh, like Fox's Kid. Like Fox's Kid's the perfect age, the perfect demographic type thing to, to go watch this. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um.
1: So this in Turtles, Teenage Mutant and Turtles out there right now is like just a great summer for for that age group um, of kids. Sure. And yeah, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I I will say that. I can see James Gunn... So James Gunn has said that this is one of the movies that he'll keep for his DC going forward. Um, mm-hmm. But I can see that because it it's really kind of... It's got a lot of really corny things, and it almost felt a little bit like a James Gunn film, um, where if you've seen, for example, the recent Guardians of the Galaxy 3, they go to this big bio world where Nathan Fillion and all the guards have these basically bubblegum suits on that they're walking around look like the Michigan <laughs> man. Right. And, and just for what sure, you did, you're, yeah. you're laughing because it's jokey. It's goofy. Right. But it's not yeah. like cool or it's just goofy. Right. And that's kind of what James yeah. Gunn does. Uh, we look polka dot man, right. In and the suicide squad. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what this had a lot of, it, it just went really at s- several times. It went really for the goofy and just was all about it. Right. Like like the the main ship they got is a blue beetle bug ship and it has a fart gun um, power and it just starts fart gunning everybody. And you're like, okay, this is a James Mm -hmm. Gunn film. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which just kind of made me feel like, "Ah, well, that's what we're going to get from D.C. for the next 10 years. You know, so and Marvel's not been doing putting out winners lately. So it kind of was a little disappointing. Uh, Sure. So anyway, yeah, I. It wasn't for me just because I didn't find it interesting. And I did want to. I thought about you, Dennis, as I walked out because I thought, I was like, man, I got it. We got to. This was Sunday, so last night. Uh, I like, we got to watch a good film because I need a good film. You know, it's, there's just been nothing with some meat to it in a while. Um, I mm-hmm. keep seeing the trailer for Dune Part 2, and that makes me like, oh, there's something that's got some thought. And,
0: oh, you know, yeah. I, I kind of want to. I don't think I'm going to read it at this point, or even audiobook. I might, uh, I might read over like a Spark Notes or something of Dune, so yeah. just so that I get the high level overview, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe go go rewatch the first film because I watched it um, the same day that I watched the new uh, what No Time to Die, whatever the new Bond film.
1: Oh man, I do if I've seen that one. I need to watch that. Which
0: also was like two and a half close to three hours long so i watched that and and dune part one in the same day and like no wonder i didn't enjoy that movie
1: yeah i can i can see that um i it's got a well especially part one because i watched it recently it's really just set up it now in hindsight because i kind of know most of the story part one is such just set up and Mm. you know had i not known the whole story I could have been, I, well, it's like three hours. So I'm like, that's very long, right? Um, yeah. And you you get to a whole stuff and you're like, oh, just now is getting to start to the story and then they stop. So I can I can see how it would be difficult for people to get through it. Um, I, I, Again, i relaying it back to what we were talking about. I, I need something that has some subtext to it, um, you know, some, pol- I don't want to say political intrigue, but you know motivations for characters to do things, uh, besides you know my uncle is an evil person and I need to stop him from selling guns on the the black market. You know s- stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So I, I need a little bit of things. So hopefully we can get some movies or a movie this this next week to watch that one. Uh, but we can with that in mind. Uh, you want to hit our our movie this week? Uh, early so we don't forget
0: it sure yeah yeah all right this week we watched bbc's pride and prejudice uh their most i think most recent adaptation of the jane austen novel uh from 1995 oh the bbc's i
1: was like it's not the most recent
0: Yeah, not the most recent. I think it's the last one BBC did. You and I talked about this uh, on Discord over the past few days. Um, And I think even just the BBC was remaking a new version of this about every 10 to 15 years. Um, Give or take. Uh, The older versions were not, I don't think, were BBC, although they might have been. Like 1938, 1940... 1950 some, um, and I know BBC is usually pretty good about this, but a lot of times if you go back to, um, adaptations or what I call costume dramas, um, from like the 80s and earlier, especially the 70s and 80s, um, the, uh how do i say this like the aesthetics of it are just not right yeah whether or not you know like accurately what regency clothes and hairstyles would be or were um you know i can watch a movie made in the 80s that's set in the 1940s and go you know i don't know i'm not an expert on 40s era hairstyles but everybody clearly has 80s hairstyles because the 70s and 80s had really distinct hairstyles for men and women yeah um and you're like oh they couldn't uh or didn't for whatever reason get the actors to change their hair the right way or wear wigs like they do now or um whatever and so my theory is that by the time the bbc got to this version Um, anytime they maybe looked at the property, looked at the novel again and were like, should we maybe do a new one? They looked back at this one and were like, this, there's nothing wrong with this. There's no reason to redo it. Um, I've not seen any of those older BBC versions, so that's all speculation on my part. Um, but yeah, so this is a miniseries and The other BBC versions are miniseries too, because I think they just, you know, there's enough, there's enough content in the novel, in the story that to, you know, the way that they do adaptations, um, they just needed that time to bring all of the text to the screen. Um, and, um, you did watch all of it. Yeah.
1: I did. All right kind of joking earlier to talk about one episode. It's, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's, it is what, five hours long because I think six episodes Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, But this is one of those perfect kind of shows that we talk about often. Oh, I want to do something else while I'm watching a show or something, right? And then, and then we Mm -hmm. mentioned Baby Driver was it last week and like immediately like I can't, I can't do that. You have, you have to watch this, right? With, yeah, this series you don't actually have to watch a lot there there is don't be wrong, i'm not saying that there's not like facial <laughs> acting and and great performances by the actors there there are
0: but you cut me off before i could before you, i could make that point right there yeah.
1: there, there is and there's subtleties I, I don't mean it in that way you know which means you can go back and watch it again but you know it's if
0: you, it's not all the time though there there are a lot of scenes and a lot of segments that are very dialogue heavy um and there, even in those, there are a lot of times where there are a lot of there. There is a lot of face acting or meaningful looks. There are several scenes that are um, have almost no dialogue at all, and you really have to um, see everything that's going on with, especially the two leads. Um, making faces back and forth and not even making faces, but just like, it's all very um, understated and subtle, Um, especially when, um, because this story, if you don't, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the story of Pride and Prejudice, it's, it's a, it's a cultural satire, right? And so there are scenes where they're interacting with characters like Mr. Collins or Lady Catherine, um or even later on with Wickham and Lydia where the people are saying one thing but because of the context like we know that they're they're being snarky and snide but because of the because of the culture the very polite uh regency england culture um they're still saying really polite things um and so there is some benefit to you know seeing actually seeing the actors and the faces and all that but i kind of did the same thing as you did i've also seen this several times mm-hmm. um though it's been you know at least 10 years since the last time um and so i also kind of had it on not not quite in the background but you know it was going yeah. back and my, forth my,
1: my thing with it is it, you know there's it's a six or five hour show, right? It's a five hour. Mm -hmm. If you look at it as a five hour film, so you can not pay attention and miss some face acting. And there's another four hours and 45 minutes that you can probably (laughs) catch it. Right. So it's, it's easy for, it was easy for a, a, a a film that is heavily dialogue based, which is the best parts of it. Um, you know, the, the book was just like it and that's why it's been made so, so many times. Um, and that that's actually the, the fun part about it. I honestly enjoy these period pieces because of the way they, they are written or sp- I don't know if they actually spoke that way then or not. Uh, sometimes it's hard for me to tell whether it was just a writing, like do they know that people spoke like Shakespeare stuff or did he just write that way? Right. Um, hmm. so, you know, I guess that they kind of talked in this, Parlance, I guess, but I, I don't know. And, yeah, I mean I, Shakespeare. I it,
0: right? Yeah, Shakespeare's are plays, right? So they're um, they're really written not to be read, but to be performed, right? Yeah. So, so I think there is an argument to be made, and I'm not an expert on any of these things by any means. Um, that whether or not like accurate inaccurate um Shakespeare was definitely uh, uh what, word, how do, what word do I want to use to describe this um like embellished flourished yeah um yeah like it, they may, say maybe a, maybe a dramatic. little a little more um over the top exaggerated whatever than than the reality yeah. um Um, where, yeah, I I think novels, especially, um, Jane Austen are probably, I mean, because this is basically the time that she lived, right? So I don't, I don't think there's much at all, uh, like pretense, not, uh, pretense or, you know, like, um, compared to something like Lord of the Rings, right, which was written a while ago and also a fantasy world that's supposed to be hundreds of years earlier so yeah. it's it's written in an older style of english but then also exaggerated in the way that these elves and 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 human kings and things almost speak king james english
1: yeah and and a lot of a lot of things we see in this time period it's like the 17th century 1700s or we 18th century i guess um, where um, when you read them you know from a novel written in that, that time period or even people writing about in that time period it's like they have the English speak with a whole lot of subtext and innuendos and everything that they say is so layered with you know a little bit of snark or but not saying what they're actually saying but saying it without saying it um, that whole language, feels that way and and the way i understand it is that's that's a writing thing that like that they can do that but if you're you know in real life people aren't witty all the time with their comebacks and even in the 1700s they weren't always so witty even the most noblest of people weren't constantly you know of course do, of doing course. all I mean, the that's, subtexts and stuff that they do in these in these things
0: i mean that's true now if you watch somebody in a tv show that's that's part of what both entertains and annoys me about uh, um, someone like Aaron Sorkin, right, who made West Wing.
1: Yes, right, um,
0: good example. And, and and several other things. I'm like, yeah, they're not, they're not talking in a way that people don't talk, right? They're not like Shakespeare characters or like a yeah. novel from uh, 200 years ago. Um, but everything they say is perfect. Like, they always have the exact snappy intelligent comeback or or you know uh uh, you know speech or diatribe that just perfectly puts the other person in their place and i'm like yeah or or
1: follows up with the conversation exactly you know it's kind of like reading the minds uh another one of this is like uh gilmore girls that was another series that had Mm -hmm. snappy dialogue and stuff and
0: i i never watched that but i was um i was in a room where i was on when i, I visited my brother david one time and uh, his wife and my one of my sisters really loved that show and we yeah. watched like half an episode with them w- of it with them after we had gone out for saint patrick's day so i was a little buzzed mm-hmm. and i was like i cannot follow this at all why are they talking so fast they
1: talk so fast and so quick <laughs> and it's just like one person knowing exactly how to respond to the other person responding to the other person. And that's, that's so to bring it back, that's kind of how this was. And that's the interesting part about this series or book or whatever is that um, it's written full of that. It's just chock full of their everything they say has meaning or thoughts and, you know, why they say the things they do in, in the way that they say them. So he, listening to it is, I for me, the most enjoyable part of it. Um, sure. And... Um, Yes, there is great acting and stuff throughout it. But I think that the the dialogue and the way it was performed with those dialogues were were really well done. Uh, And to to note, when I say it's on something else, when I will watch something, in this case, I was often playing Baldur's Gate. Um, So I'll be playing a game. I've got two monitors. They're at almost like a 40 degree angle to each other. So I've got a big monitor on the left with the show playing played and then the one straight in front of me so it's it's always just a, a a little glance to the left a little bit to see what's going on, on the screen right but mm-hmm. in the case of something like baby driver i you can't not or even when you're watching end game or some kind of action heavy type stuff you can't for 15 20 minutes where there's hardly anything said except "ooh ah turn here go there do that <laughs> you know you have to actually be watching the, the, the film so that's a lot of what we just said here. To, to, to The reason I wanted to stress this was that that's why it was so easy for me to just go through six hours. I actually went through like four hours one day and then two hours the next. Um, yeah. Was because I could be doing this and still fully get the show. and And it would just go through and before I knew it, 50 minutes was up and like, okay, hit next. I'm just continuing to do what I'm doing here in front of me. Especially if it's work. Like if I've got, if I'm not doing meetings or something and I can actually do work work I can sit down and be doing my, my stuff and writing my emails and doing my stuff with this being on over on the left-hand side. It's To me, this this series and show is the perfect thing for that. I, I didn't actually watch this when it works. Sometimes I'll have it going when I work. Um, but it would make a perfect one for that because I always like to have something going on in the background. And I mm. can see myself having this on. It's very comfortable. It's very easy. Um, you can get by the, the actors' voices – their, mm-hmm. their, by the tone that they speak and what they mean. Yep. Lizzie being an example where she has disdain for Mr. Darcy and other people and she is not venomous with it but the way that she delivers the lines is definitely sharper mm-hmm. right? And then maybe yep. Jane when she speaks is softer more you know, understanding type stuff. Mm-hmm. So just listening to it, they did a great job of of putting that thing. So beyond that, we should probably talk about the actual
0: show. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I, I, and you, you also, you haven't seen this version, but you've seen the seen. movie from 'O five with Kieran Knightley. Um,
1: I think I've seen this on TV because I, sure. while I've seen Colin Firth, I know I've seen this, this Lizzie before and maybe one of the sisters in this show. Like I've seen the set or something before. Um, so it might've been on TV when I was going through or whatever. Um, but yeah, I know, I, I knew the story already throughout it. Um, it was fun. And I, obviously I was joking with you the whole time when I was live, tw- live Xing it, is what they call it now. Um, <laughs> oh, no! but, uh, you know, it's fun kind of watching it with some modern eyes. Uh, n- not because, not in any kind of judgmental way. Um, because I think that that would ruin everything about it. Um, You you, you know, you have. I think you just you should watch these shows in the way that they're meant to be, you know, given. But uh, it's it's so it's so interesting, you know, to put yourself back in that time period and understand the full picture of why the mom is so distraught about her daughter's not finding somebody or a guy that makes X amount of money. Why it's very important for them to that has such weight, you know. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are there are some timeless themes right in the in the personalities involved. Like it's it's a, I I watched some some YouTube stuff about it just to see if I could find anything um that I don't cuz I'm not you know, I'm not an English major. I'm familiar with this very familiar with this story, but I thought is there anything, you know, that I don't know. I want to make sure that I'm not uh that I've got all the terms right. I think at one point I said Victorian, which is not uh yeah. Victorian. The the eras of English culture coincided with the monarch and and I guess maybe still I mean they're I don't think they've changed since uh Queen Elizabeth II passed. But um is it second? What whatever, since Queen Elizabeth passed. Mm-hmm. Um but the the Regency era came in between the Georgian era um, which is 1700s right during the the American Revolution and the Victorian era era which came after which is most of the 1800s the regency was really like the, the some references differ on this it's a little bit like the generation labels we use now but it was a period of time where the king um, was mentally unfit whatever they would say insane or whatever um and so his son became the monarch but his son was the king regent because he was too young right he was like seven or something yeah um and so it was this sort of transitional period because it was around 1800 it was like 1790 to 1815 1820 something like that and it was this time of um A lot of political uncertainty right america and france had just gone through big revolutions um there was a growing middle class there was more um there was a shift from an agrarian culture into more manufacturing which is weird to think like 1800 there was manufacturing but you're getting into like steel production and factories to make uh textiles fabrics and things um and it's you know it's this real, um, kind of shifting time, and I mean there weren't railroads yet, but did I say railroads? I think I just said steel. Um, anyway, uh, that's more maybe more backstory than you need. But once once Victoria became queen, the culture shifted, and that affects um, the 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 clothes and the style. were all informed by by the monarch, so you move into the like. Um, <laughs> what i think of as civil war era stuff right because it's right in the middle of the victorian era the real tight corsets and big skirts um and so that differentiates this from something like what gone with the wind <laughs> that's another <laughs> yeah. civil war reference I, I i'm sure that i have a a better um um i think beauty and the beast is a little bit victorian era um, in the styles, maybe, maybe, yeah. or maybe, maybe after because like the ball gown, the yellow ball gown that she wears is definitely a Victorian era gown, but her normal clothes are not. So that's either a class thing or a, you know, maybe the dress that he has for her to wear is old, right? It's from an older time. I don't know, whatever. I'm way off track on whatever <laughs> I, was, I was, whatever point I was trying to make. Um, And so the like the 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 emotions happening with them with the two you know with with lizzie and and darcy not um not liking each other at first and growing to like each other like that's a little bit timeless right that's just human human nature kind of stuff but the story is really steeped in the culture um
1: really like heavily
0: right heavily and but i think I think that it gives you... I mean, it's it's definitely... It's written in this time for an audience of this time, which um, makes it, at the time, much more, like, progressive and, and subversive than it seems to us now. Like, looking back, it seems very, like, traditional and conservative. But the idea that um, Lizzie would turn down two... You know, one sort of and the second incredibly um, advantageous marriage proposals for the sake of her own happiness, like choosing for her own happiness was a, you know, um, kind of a big deal in that time. And I think and I think that the 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 text I have read the book, but it's been a long, long time ago. Um, even if you're reading it now, looking back, and you don't know anything, like if you've never consumed any media before you're born, if you're a Gen Z or something, um, the book, I think, gives you enough that you can piece it together, right? Like maybe you don't quite understand why the daughters can't inherit and why that, you know, the, um, the the sort of class system going on at the time um but but i think there's just enough and and the way the characters are written um you can i think you you should be able to piece it together yeah maybe i don't know
1: i i that's one of the things i think i when when i mentioned earlier about um um looking at through that like modern day eyes or perspective is is that uh which made it entertaining, and that—that's one of the ways—is Lizzie, you know, passing up on on these people, you know, because she wants to, she doesn't want to be, be what's basically an arranged marriage type thing, uh, mm-hmm. or she tells Jane want to marry for love, um, but or at least a fit. Like right? she doesn't necessarily want to marry just for love, but at least a fit, like the person, um, right? And because now when you are watching it, they talk her; she's like twenty, right? Twenty to twenty-two um and you're like, she's gonna be fine right I I know that back then 25 year old unmarried was a, a, an old maid but th- we know the the fact of the matter is is that you know 25 year old she's still gonna be fine you know even if she doesn't get this one person because Jane's older than her um and and just getting someone so mm-hmm. it, it it always felt, by watching it now it's like yeah she's fine of course she doesn't want to i hope she doesn't get with this you know collins guy because he's terrible um or <laughs> these other people they're just horrible i don't want him to get with the darcy person he's he's a pill um right and and like she's totally fine yeah girl it's just kind of saying the whole thing why is this an issue of course no one needs to do this the mom's being over dramatic and stupid but you know i'm intelligent enough to know that you know back then there's a lot that goes on to that one we don't have the internet and all you have is the people that you can get your carriage to within a certain amount of time um so your your circle of people is very very limited and when you get an opportunity that arises let's say someone of the appropriate age or whatever comes near your circle then you have to act quick or it could be another five ten years and then the plague comes through and we all die and doesn't matter right (laughs) <laughs> um so it's it's just a whole different kind of things and when you watch this this show you kind of have to watch it with that in the, in there because that's the only way any of this subtext works um it, especially the dark Mr Darcy parts like the reason that he falls for her head over heels and confesses sorry uh spoiler for a 300 year old book or whatever it is um that 200. Two hundred. Um, sorry, it was a little off there. And but um, she, he falls for her, and why he acts the way he does, and the whole point of the whole show, I think, you have to understand the time. Like there's a reason why he didn't want to have himself fall for her, and why he fought it, and why he was angry about it, and um, and then her response, like you said, seems a little radical, right? That that she would think that that's you know stupid reasons that our family's standing has anything to do with it Uh, which if you put yourself back then that's absurd to not think that way right Right. Um, and to him it explains a whole lot when it kind of comes out and they have the big fight and he confesses things and she's like you're a turd Uh, and he's like well I am a reason I'm a turd and then they went off and she eventually kind of I'm going to say the phrase comes around but that's just because she accepts that in so many words that in this day and age their family isn't that good. And there's other prospects. And you know, Mr. Darcy isn't a bad guy. He's got reasons for saying the reason the things that he does. And it's more than just love and who you know, what I think and what I want as Lizzie Mice. You
0: know, right. Be. One one of the things that I appreciate um and I I guess we're not doing spoilers. It's it's fine. Yeah. You probably even if you haven't somehow seen any of the versions of this story, you probably know no. I mean you at points. least know
1: that Darcy and Lizzie, it's a you know, will they, won't they
0: forever. Well the yeah, l sort. One of the things that I appreciate is that their their difference in station um doesn't it doesn't seem to be one of his, one of Darcy's primary um, issues, like maybe at the very beginning. um, But I think, I think it's conveyed eventually that he's mostly just kind of an introvert, right? Like he, he, he's uncomfortable meeting new people and being, you know, in a room full of strangers.
1: I mean, it's why he likes Mister Bingley. That's why they're friends,
0: right? He's the, it's he's the opposite. Well, of that. Yeah, it, that's that's true. It's the you know the introvert adopted by an extrovert to drag him along to to parties and things. And when he convinces Bingley to um, not to pursue a relationship with Jane, it's several reasons. And the difference in their in their financial situation is not is not primary among those right he, The things that he says are you know she's not showing a lot of affection in you, which is you know there there was only so much of that she could do in the time um but he points out her family Lizzie's family, right the mom especially is. Like her, her attitude and her actions are, are justified by the culture in which she's living, but she's doing the thing that in this kind of cultural context, you don't do where she's saying very loudly things that people don't talk about, right? The things that everybody knows, but they don't talk about, um, which is, I mean, I think every culture has those, um, and she's kind of obnoxious. And Lydia is wild. I mean, we know that. That comes out later in the story. Like, at the time Darcy is telling Lizzie this stuff, the Lydia stuff hasn't even happened yet. And even even the dad, who is maybe the best character in the whole story... By far um, my favorite, yeah. Like, publicly shames Mary at this party. And Darcy points those things out, and you can see... Again, I mean, I don't know how the text handles this, but you can see uh, Jennifer Ely's reaction to that. That's a little like she's mad, right? She's mad mm-hmm. that he's saying he's saying these things, but she also can't argue with him, right? Because she thinks her family is ridiculous. Like she loves them; they're her family. Yeah. But but she knows her mother is ridiculous. Yeah. And so so it's not. Like, she she misjudges him, right? That's the, yeah. I guess the standard interpretation is that he's proud and she's prejudiced. But yeah. they're also both a little of both. Um,
1: yeah, she doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't say it
0: well too. Like
1: when they have the fight and he confesses his love for her, he he does the 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 dumb guy thing where he's like. You know, I didn't want you. I mean, in today's terms, it's basically like I tried not to like you because your family's white trash. And I know that shouldn't be a thing, but it bothers me too much. And I got over it. And she's like, how dare you call my family white trash? And then not even, you know, I'm supposed to just take that. Right. He just opens his mouth and doesn't say the right the right things. Um, and right. I think he knows it later because they get they get in that argument. But um that, that's the whole that's the whole thing there is that is that he, he he's a good person obviously is is frustrated not knowing how to handle a, a situation and then when he does finally come out and do it he does it the wrong way um and she reacts honestly i think throughout most of the show i think she acts pretty right on with how a normal person should act i never felt like this character was a character um, like sure. a lot of the people, most of the people in the entire rest of the, the story are <laughs> caricatures, except for Lizzie, and and it could be just this this telling of it or this actress, but she felt very um, n- normal, or the, the the vantage point that I could see through, you know. Uh, sure. She, well, she's,
0: she's the she's the pers- you know she's the protagonist, right? So you are getting right. most of her. Even even the the characters who aren't ridiculous, like charlotte lucas or um uh who was i just gonna say i had another um i think jane's pretty pretty straightforward jane too. Yeah. yeah yeah jane um even those characters are like they're real people in the story but they're also kind of archetypes yeah. right charlotte yeah. charlotte is the very practical you know, she's the one who will do what Lizzie isn't willing to do and sacrifice her own happiness for the sake of her financial security and her family.
1: Yeah. I I that's probably one of my favorite parts of the entire series, by the way, was when she meets she go. Lizzie goes to meet and I think she stays with them. I can't remember.
0: Um, yeah, she stays with them. Yeah, stays with them. He shows her the room with the closet with the shelves.
1: The shelves, right? Like, that guy's <laughs> such a character. But um, when she goes into the reading room and he's out in the garden with the bees, and she does the Catherine has a line about how she keeps him busy constantly until he's wore out every day. And they, I, it's just something yeah. like we spend a sum total of maybe ten minutes together every day, and that's it. And she just kind of says, and I'm very content. And I, she's like, can you stay in this room? She's like, I love this room. I love everything about it. I'm very, (laughs) very very happy. And I'm like, and she just kind of has a smug, I wouldn't say smile or look, but she just, the way she delivers the lines, like, yes, I have this handled. And, and then it's followed up the very next scene. Like Lizzie, he's, uh, Colin is talking to Mr. Collins is talking to Lizzie and he says something about how they're a perfect match. and, He's so in love with her, and then he turns it in and says, like, blows her a kiss and does kind of a little, uh, you know, thing. And she <laughs> looks like, what, what was that? I don't want any of that. And I was like, man, that that girl's one of my favorites, if not anything, because she just yeah. walked up to that house, saw that, saw an opportunity that Lizzie wasn't getting married, and she's like, I can make this happen, and then did it. I was like, yeah, yeah. That, that girl's got it going on. So she was cool, Catherine. Charlotte. Um, Charlotte, I said Catherine. Sorry, I mean, it's Lady Catherine. It's the the jerkwad. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Charlotte. Uh, Mister Collins is just an insane character. And just just all yeah. around. Uh, can you tell me? So there's some things that I didn't pick up. What's his deal? Like <laughs> he he's got <laughs> Lady Catherine, who pays for his stuff. I think, but yep. why?
0: Why which? Like, why does she pay for it or why yeah, why, why, is why did
1: why he's like his his patron or something but he he's always going on how wonderful she is and how you know giving and perfect and everything and she's just the, the best person in the whole world and it's because she pays for everything for him right like his house and his money and everything he has is lady catherine gives it to him
0: kind of yeah as i i mean maybe that's something that that is not too to explained in the text I think the you know there there is an element of and it's you know it's honestly not that different from modern culture we don't want to get uh too political here with like progressive tax rates and things but they th- there's this idea it's Latin and I don't know where it comes from but the um the expression is Uh, noblesse oblige i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but it's the obligation of the noble of or of the wealthy yeah right and the idea is some people have wealth and they are obliged obligated um by that privilege to provide to to help the less fortunate right it's like charity but not they probably would have um, categorized it differently from from charity, um, and so it's you know I I assume that Lady Catherine pays for Mister Collins's living right gives him mm-hmm. uh, you know a salary to yeah. and and a house right parsonage to yeah. live in. Right. So he has yeah. a place to live and he has a job, but he doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't make money from the church. I don't know quite how that would work because um, I know yeah, he's a clergyman. I knew that he's a clergyman, so he doesn't live off of he presumably doesn't live off of like tithes. I don't know how that works, works yeah. or worked. In Church of England. I assume it's Anglican Church of England. Um, and so Lady Catherine gets an amount of, like, self-satisfaction and also um, kind of respect and admiration from other wealthy people for doing something like that. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and so mr collins is kind of uh, he's kind of on the on the far end of the spectrum right where where lizzie represents um you know a personal agency and personal although everybody to a certain extent is still exercising agency and choice right in a in know in in the culture of the time right in a to a level that is you know maybe pushing the envelope for the culture of the time um but where lizzie is focused on her own happiness right not completely but to the extent that she won't marry someone that she despises or you know and i mean in both cases kind of despises at least at the time um again for the sake of her financial security or for her family because in in that time i think the younger sisters who never married would be financially dependent on their relatives right yeah um in the same kind of way like assuming mary never marries which seems very likely um she would just become an old maid living you know in someone else's house right either jane or lizzie or even charlotte would take her in as you know like i mean like when people now take in their parents or parent when one passes away right um it's just part of that whole culture um and charlotte is in the middle of this like I'm going to do this, I don't really like it, but I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to, you know, be as happy as I can within the system. And Mr. Collins is, like, on the far other side that he is so enamored with the system and the, the, the classes, like, where everybody has a kind of different idea or mentality about class distinction. He is, like just relishing it like just loves it so much like to to be this groveling little worm to to this to this great lady right um
1: it it, it's it's very it's very uh, first off i want to really not like him right like almost initially you want to first off you think he's a buffoon then he kind of becomes a jerk and then he gets mm -hmm. married and goes back to just being a silly buffoon yeah which is funny um, so that was that was an interesting character. The I'll say the Darcy Lizzie thing is, is good. That's the obviously the main point of the whole show. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I enjoyed some of the other sideline uh, stories just as much. Um, sure. I thought that um, the Fliberty Gibbet sister, um, what's her name? Um, Lydia. When I married in Wickham. Yeah, Lydia. Lydia, yeah. Like she was just entertaining. Like she was silly, and she's fifteen and just you know, young and like flibberty gibbet was the kind of thing going everywhere. Mm-hmm. and then she gets she gets married and has sex for the first time and is just like everything <laughs> you would think of as a flighty fifteen year old person, you know, running around sure. and and then which was very entertaining. and Wickham Wickham's interesting because again, you have to appreciate the time to even understand this whole character and everything about him because he does some like sliding of um, Darcy, Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. But, but it's all this kind of like just um, what uh, standing and status and small little things that he says and does, does things improperly, you know, that, that it's just so terrible, which, which He knew he's doing that. He's a terrible person because of the things he did. But it's not like he went out and murdered children, right? But they definitely treat him like he's the scum of the earth, which in this context he is because if you understand the context of everything and the time period and everything, you realize how terrible the things he did was, which makes his low character a thing. Um, But if you don't get that and you don't get that subtext, then... I'm sure Mr. Wick, people would just look at Mr. Wickham and say, I don't understand why everybody hates him or why what the whole deal is with him. Um, because I think you have to pay attention. Um, sure. To, well, he...
0: Yeah. I mean, he he basically took money from Darcy's father, right? I mean, didn't steal it, but, like, asked for it under false pretenses and then spent or gambled it away and just came back asking for more money. Because that's... That maybe is something you need to understand you don't need to understand but it's helpful to understand um, in the time is that these people um you know they had inherited wealth right so they the 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 estate right was this thing that was passed from father to son because it's a patriarchal society and whoever is the current holder right the gentleman the 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 master of the estate um is responsible for that estate right mr bennett you don't see him really doing any of these things there's a point where you maybe see him doing some math in a book mostly he's sitting around reading um but he has land right that's granted to him from the 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 um what word did i use for this this before the monarch right the king he doesn't own the land it's king's land but the the king has granted him this land and he has a responsibility to keep up that land and improve it right so if so if you inherit 5000 pounds your goal is to at the very least maintain that and hopefully add to it by Bringing in tenants to farm on it by making investments, making wise financial decisions to build that up, and sometimes you lose, right? Whatever, but if you um, if you have that, if you inherit that five thousand and you just gamble it and lose it, like that, you've completely failed your responsibility as. A noble as an aristocrat yeah and Um, and
1: and that's that understanding the context of time right like if if it was today and someone gambled away their fortune well that's on them right it it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a terrible person that i wouldn't go hang out with and be friends with but then it totally is
0: and of course in the in the context of the story with lydia he did try to seduce and elope with darcy's sister right? Yes. Which would, and, and which, which he would did do with Lydia give him this. I don't, I don't know if the movie says this anywhere, but apparently the book, um, gives you, uh, like states specifically exactly how much money and how much annual income everybody has like in, in great detail, which is very funny. Um, but, um, uh, uh, What's her name? Oh, um, uh, Georgiana, okay. Darcy's sister. Oh yeah. Um, had, I guess, had at least whether it's an income or a or a wealth of like fifty thousand pounds. You'd Like she was wealthier than her brother, and so it's a combination of like he's gonna seduce her away and elope like get her to marry him then he's going to have access to her fortune and you know also he's uh um you know behave he behaving dishonorably toward her just like he does later in the story with Lydia right that's the whole that's that's part of Darcy's motivation for fixing that situation part of it is for Lizzie's sake and part of it is out of guilt because he knew that Wickham had tried this before, um, or done something similar to this before. Not that he could have, um, not that Lydia had any fortune that he could um, uh, not steal, but acquire
1: on to, right. I, yeah, I found I found it amusing that as soon as he had some money, everyone's opinion changed, except for Mister Bennett's. Like, and obviously Lizzie's, but in Lizzie. uh, in the family, I should say, they're like, "Oh, he's wonderful," and he comes in on a carriage, and they're just like, "This is the best thing." Especially the mom, as soon as he had money, "Oh, we're ruined." Turn into what a blessing, instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, I am like, "Yeah, this this is a good example of what," and I think it was something that Lizzie saw and what with, with what um, right. Darcy was saying, and that like the mom
0: yeah. was just very, yeah. I mean, I- a money
1: grubber and.
0: I, I said earlier that the that the mom is was just you know her her attitudes and and be and actions I mean not actions or behavior but like her attitudes and her motivations are justified in the culture of the time but it's also really clear again I don't know how well this compares to the text but um, that that character is just very mercurial like from from one day to the next she's the sky is falling to oh i always said this was gonna work out just fine like almost bipolar right that's yeah maybe insensitive to say but um especially in this portrayal just like flip-flops between between one extreme and the other um yeah because the you know I mean we may maybe belaboring this point, but the, the reality of their financial situation is not in her head like that's that's one hundred percent real and they i i don't think they say it in this version. I know they're in some version and maybe the maybe the newer film um I say newer that film's almost twenty years old um <laughs> yeah, yeah that's newer
1: than this one right
0: it's it's newer. And and I think this is something in the text, which, like, you know, come talk to me when you're the mother of five daughters who, you know, I don't think they even need to say more than that at the time, because it's known, like, everybody knows that daughters can't inherit, right? Yeah. And so they're going to be, you know, in quote-unquote poverty, right, or like maybe become governesses their whole lives where they have to work their whole life. Right. Like, which is, seems silly to us, but they can't be, I mean, they can't be independent. Right. At all. Like they are financially dependent on somebody. Like either they find husbands and then they're, you know, they have some independence as, as wives, as married women. Or they're dependent on family, or they are reduced to having to work, which again they're not that, that's the whole whole thing with um by contrast to, to modern culture. But yeah. her her you know it's it's not you know, it it looks like gold digging to us, but it's just the way that that culture and society operated at the time.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the out of the five hours of, of this film or show, <laughs> so, to, to wrap it because we're going along on this one, um, yeah. I, I, I thought it was good. It's, it's, it's exactly what I remember it being. Um, I liked it a little bit better watching it this one because some of the, the background characters I could enjoy a lot more because I wasn't so interested in the will they, won't they because I kind of knew how that was going to oh, end up, oh sure, sure, yeah. And, and I knew, I knew the whole. That's the whole point of it. Is anybody talks about this show? Is like, oh, my favorite thing is will Mister Darcy and Lizzie get together? And I really want this. And if she can only give up her prejudice and him his pride and things like like, that's what people talk about ad nauseum with this. So I mean, I knew that was a thing, and I know the resolution of it. So that wasn't the big deal to watch. And I, but I, because of that. I enjoyed it i think more even more so because i could enjoy all the other characters and subtext type stuff yeah it's it's it's
0: definitely a thing you can appreciate more at least i think so because i only watched it once not knowing what was going to happen and even then probably kind of did um and have seen it several times knowing the ending and you can see because so much of it is so subtle right the the there's there's just looks and and uh subtext and and all of those things and i think you appreciate that more if you know how the story's gonna end
1: um yeah i i, I and agree as, as uh, you said just... you
0: can you can watch all these side characters you can see all of the all the things going on i mean from the moment darcy claps back at uh at bingley's sister about lizzie's eyes you're like okay he's changed his mind from the first time they met and now you're just watching him like slowly wrestle with that and and kind of kind of watch her and you know i mean it's all going on in his head so you don't have any there's no text it's all subtext yeah. um i, I will say that's the one thing i watch I, in that oh well, sorry go ahead go ahead i
1: was yeah, say, that's okay. the one thing i don't if I had to say something I didn't like about this, this series or this book or show or whatever it might be, um, I'm not a fan of Mister Darcy, um, just because how he handles it. Like, especially in this one, and when we watch another version, maybe it'll be portrayed differently. But how he is, a, he has like a 180 moment. It's halfway through, and when he when he confesses his feelings to her, it's he's this person before, and then he's this person afterwards. And it, they're two different people. And I'm like, this isn't a real hard decision. If anyone besides looked a minute past his money, then you would hate this guy. He's not nice. He's not kind by in, in any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the only reason that you think that he's kind of kind is because other people say it a little bit. You know, but not a lot. Most people are still saying, oh, yeah, he's a jerk, but he's got a ton of money. And I respect his opinion. And he's my friend. That's the only reason that people like him. He's just kind of a real bad jerk. And then he confesses his love to her. She's taken aback. And obviously, that's one of the big things, right? That like, oh, I didn't see this coming. And how am I supposed to feel? And it's all these emotions that I didn't expect. Um, And then and then while he's confessing that he has his his change and that I think that speech is half jerk, Mister Darcy, and half um, understanding, caring, nice guy, Darcy, and it just blends right there together. And then from the rest of the time, you see him like all wet coming out of the water, and he's just all—they're just pushing this <laughs> super attractive guy. Look at my gigantic mansion and how kind I am to my servants. I'm like, this is really the writer, director, whatever, just intent was very overt about making you not like a guy. And then now are doing everything they can to make you like a guy. And that's exactly Lizzie's journey. And it just felt like, I don't know. I, I, I don't see that in a person who can be a jerk and then they have redeeming qualities because they just didn't know how to handle it. Um, my own personal self, like you are what you are. And if you're a jerk, then you're a jerk. Um, and he's not obviously Mr. Darcy isn't, but I don't know how he could expect how someone like that can just expect for someone to marry them because he proposes to her when you've been a jerk the whole time. Um, And so that's something that's that's, if I had a thing to pick, not a big fan of Mr. Darcy. I'm a big fan of and it's probably I'm not a big fan of how Mr. Darcy was written, you know, and, Hmm. you know, later on when he's this nice guy. I like that guy. That's the guy that Lizzie should end up with and obviously does. Um, and hopefully he doesn't turn around into the I'm going to go get all cl- you know closed off and be mad at you without telling you how I feel person because that's in real in real life that's actually what happens the person who won't <laughs> come out with their emotions end up you know who who um keeps them all closed up inside and then gets angry about it and expects mind reading ultimately that's the way they are in relationships later anyway so It's been speculating about a fictional character.
0: (laughs) Well, I think, I think you see his attraction, like his change of heart much, much earlier than that. Okay. Um, it's, it's just understated. And I think that's intentional because the story's told from Lizzie's perspective. She is not seeing it. Um, you know. Yeah. I
1: mean, he, 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 they, they talk about Jane and her and he's like, yeah, the other sister is passable. Like, that's the nicest thing he says
0: right the very first that and then from the next time they meet like he or maybe it's the third the, the first they they do three different sort of gatherings and and dances very early in the first episode um he does offer to dance with her to dance with her um he remarks on her eyes to to bingley's sister um but like i said that stuff is subtle and I think that's intentional because Lizzie is not seeing it. Um, You know, when she stays with them, when Jane is sick, right, he compliments her several times, but is doing it in a sort of uncomfortable way because it's not, it's out of character for him. Um, And, um, you know, again, I think it is, not again, but it is supposed to be shocking when he proposes. And I think there's probably an element of even though this isn't stated, it's probably not wholly dissimilar from when Mr. Collins proposes. That's like how would how could you refuse? Right? Like I understand your situation and you know, any sensible person in your situation would Mm -hmm. accept. Right in Mr. Collins's case is here's a way for your family to keep your home, um, and you know in Darcy's case it's it's the same kind of like uh you know practicality um, yeah, but anyway uh, we'll have I'm, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this more because we're gonna watch the new movie next.
1: Yeah. Or old new movie. That, the that's old, older the, older than people who can drink legally in America
0: movie, right? <laughs> uh it's not it's two thousand five. Oh okay four, so it's, it's right? getting so close. It's it's not it's it's, it's it's not quite. So we're we're gonna watch Pride and Prejudice from two thousand or five pride. Two thousand five with Matthew McFadden and uh Kira Knightley. Uh, Keira Knightley. Yeah. Matthew McFadden is the dirtbag brother in law in succession which is gonna make this difficult for me but <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I've not seen that one so
1: yeah uh, okay so it. we got about ten minutes left do you want to spend it on one of two things I'll give you a choice do you want to spend it on strange new worlds which we have three two or three episodes to talk about and the the series as a whole that could take like a whole episode um, or do you want to talk about Baldur's Gate three
0: boy it's Every week that goes by, like, Star Trek gets further in my exactly. in Exactly. Kind of my thing but when I brought it up. But since, since we talked about Baldur's Gate last week, and I don't want to go long on it because we talked about it so long last week, probably with a lot of stuff about Divinity Original Sin 2, let's briefly talk about Baldur's Gate 3. So, we talked about it last week. Uh, you had bought it, and I hadn't. Mm-hmm. And... You gave me a pretty good sales pitch on it. I know you didn't do this intentionally, but you told me about it, and and I had questions all about because I I had a hard time with um with Divinity Two, Divinity Originals mm-hmm. 2. Understandably for sure. Um, a a a game on my Steam wish list came on sale called Desynced. Um, mm-hmm. it's another sort of factory simulator with little bots, and you. Build buildings and have them run between carrying stuff and i i think i bought that like on wednesday and i've probably played it 30 plus hours already wow because I that's see, what that's, that's what that's what i do with these stupid factory sims and so i hit a point of like okay i need to i can't spend my entire weekend playing this stupid factory game and <laughs> can. so yeah, that works so, so, so many people so many people are, are playing and loving Baldur's Gate that I was like, I'm just going to buy it. I'll if, buy it. If you're on TikTok, and... you can't avoid it, right? Right. I'm like, I'll, I'll buy it and I'll see how long the download takes. Um, I also appreciate that it has a Mac client, which is very uncommon in uh, video games. Sure. Um, obviously, I have a Windows computer, but I have to switch between them with the cords to do. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it'll be nice if I have something I can just play on my Mac and, and switch over. And we'll see how it runs. Yeah. and of course it's a massive download so I was like I really hope this runs well it's really um, good right? um, but it downloaded really fast surprisingly mm-hmm. I think nice. I'm in a pocket where I'm getting good 5G T-Mobile signal and not many other people are because I got yeah. like 10 10 uh, megabytes down or maybe 5 whatever it was it took I don't know it took like an hour I think maybe not even that's that. pretty good um, yeah, so I bought it, and I made a druid elf elf druid how are you um, feeling how
1: are you feeling how, well
0: we should say where we are let it
1: I'm only like in act one I'm still doing the Druid storyline at the beginning just I, that's not really yeah. spoilers for anybody watching it, but I think you know maybe that area so I'm not far i guess is my point are are you further much further than that less further than
0: that? I just got to a goblin town.
1: Okay, I'm in the goblin town. I'm heavily in the goblin town. Yeah,
0: okay. so I, oddly I think we're close to the same place, though. I feel I like so. yes. I got there faster than you did. Maybe You totally
1: did, yeah. I mean, but that makes total sense. I, I, As I said last week, I find myself just meandering on all the little things, which I really shouldn't do, but <laughs> it's it's so D&D-like. You're... But you're, computer DnD like
0: you're probably fully reading all those books instead of just skimming them like I am. Oh, um, I do,
1: and it's so stupid because I, I hate I, books in games. I, I glance
0: just... over them. There's there's not as much text as like the books in World of Warcraft. Um, yes, thankfully. Yeah, I read the first couple, but you get multiple copies. So I'm like, have I read this one yet? Whatever, I'll just sell it. Yeah. Um, what I am doing. Is making sure that I click on every single openable item, <laughs> I mean, just just like I do in all games, right? I'm in video yeah. game mode, and I forget yeah. that annoying. Th- I mean, it's exactly how I played the Fallout games or Skyrim or yeah. any MMO, obviously. Though MMOs, most I don't think I've seen one that isn't. MMOs don't have the like, oh, this is a box you can't open because then the NPCs will attack you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I made that mistake once. I talked about that in our chat. <laughs> I, um, I
1: I think uh, this this game has the. I think I figured out that when you press the you press the Alt button, right? You press the, if the I don't know what it is on Mac, but uh, on thing on the PC, if you press Alt, it shows things that you can interact with. And yeah, it's and, it's and, and supposed
0: it, to be Alt. It it didn't work on mine, so I rebound it to Control. Okay. Um,
1: well, well, yeah. what I've discovered is that there's a lot of the other things that you can click on that don't show up with that button, but yeah. all the other things you click on have nothing in them. So, so I would, I would like, it's not showing up Mm. on my alt. I'm going to click on that box and I go click on it and there's nothing in it. And I'm like, oh, okay.
0: It's being smart about telling me. I'll have to keep an eye for that because it, it seemed to me like, um, you know, I would do that and it would show me like, here's a corpse and another corpse, but there's still like boxes and sacks and stacks of books all around them. That's one of the things. Now there will be like useless stuff in there, like ink or right silverware maybe forks fork and spoon um i know that by the time i played divinity 2 it had a a fairly robust modding community
1: Uh, and so
0: you would do the like you know here's the mod that makes all the tooltips show not just whatever the game thinks are important um i don't i don't think i don't know Baldur's Gate has has mods yet I've not even I, I honestly don't know. I thought about if there was that. Mod,
1: the mod I would want to play with is a second time through playing without pre-made characters. I mean, don't get me wrong, the characters are vibrant and full and interesting in all parts of the story, but I'm often very frustrated that they're not the kind of people that I would want in my party. Mm, and the, it's sure. it's for the story. Like it's in, it's important for the right. story and that's yeah. the story's crafted for that reason. So I'm not knocking it, but It'd be nice to actually have a cleric that I want, right? Or a mm. yeah, you know, a <laughs> warlock that I want, or a I,
0: rogue that isn't a jerk or something I like make, that. I you make know? what's um what's her name? Shadowheart?
1: Yeah, Shadowheart, Heart, right. Uh,
0: I make her carry all the food.
1: <laughs> just put the, you just put the food over there, that's nice.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't quite know why I did that, but I was like I can't carry it all myself or I'm gonna be overburdened, and so I have I have uh, the cleric, the the fighter, and the rogue, and so the rogue carries like leather armor and daggers and bows, mm-hmm. and the fighter carries all the like basic swords and halberds and clubs and.
1: Yeah, I give the fighter everything because she can carry everything. Her strength's so st- high
0: st- stuff like that, and I I just finally a couple hours ago before we started uh, uh, recording sent all of my. I sent a couple things to the camp. I was like, yeah. all right, I can't... Do I need to carry around this 10-pound brain in a jar or whatever from the prologue? I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to send that to camp. And also these these supply packs, I'm going to send yep. those to camp too because I've got bags full of, like, half-eaten apples and potatoes and <laughs> all those camp supplies. I, I kind of like what they did with that. It's a little annoying from a inventory management, but this is a game... I mean, just like uh, Bethesda games or or, um, Obsidian games, where the inventory is not um, spatial, it's based on weight. And so I don't really care if there are 50 kinds of food that all serve the same purpose, Mm -hmm. serve the same function in the game, because it doesn't matter. I, I I can hold thousands of apples as long as the weight is not more than the character can carry. And
1: they even have like a little bag for it, just that's specifically for that. Which was nice, yeah. And, and keys, a bag just for keys. Um, mm-hmm. well, well, one thing I don't like about the interface, and if they had a a mod, this is what I would look in for the mod is a, a because uh, what I don't like is that you can't quickly sort your inventory. You have to actually go into like you have to press I instead it, of Tab, and you have to go into that individual character, then find a little drop do down for, in the corner, then sort each by character and. Yeah, it's like and it you have to do that for every time you pick something up or sell it just
0: do, really it doesn't auto sort and you have to do it for each character. Or you get the unified inventory, which is not helpful f- helpful for like shifting stuff around between characters. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's, so so that that's, that's my weird. that's my only like that's my only
0: minor gripe about
1: so far anything anything in the game, I think. Yeah that's the, the, only, that's the only thing.
0: The combat doesn't feel as frustrating as it did in Divinity Two. I have had to load my game several times already mm. because that's yeah that's what you do like yep, i'm gonna i'm gonna try this let me quick save real quick real, yep. uh, you know but first here see if i can um, do this
1: jump or whatever it might be yeah
0: i did one quest that was maybe that i thought might be a little difficult i failed it and, and wiped the first time and then the second time i'm like all right let me do this a different way let me start by pickpocketing this guy and stealing all his poison stuff so he doesn't oh uh, that's smart yeah, that's smart yeah it, it hey, didn't I re- forgot you can do that yeah it didn't really work and then after um this is really specific but after i finished the whole fight i found out that uh the the room where the main guy is has a has a um a sort of chandelier that's basically a bowl of burning embers that you yeah. can just hit the string you could shoot at the string because all my characters have bows. Um, you can shoot at that string and it falls and fills the whole room with fire. I'm like, oh, oh okay. I, c- I could have done that. That would have been a clever way to start start the fight with a surprise initiative and and kind of thing. The there's just um, so many
1: ways to. To tackle a situation, whether it be fighting
0: yeah, it's, in different
1: ways, with different characters, with different capabilities, the, or not fighting in different ways and different that's, things.
0: That's a thing that I complained about with Divinity 2, and I also didn't, I, I remembered you saying this, like, after I got the game started, but I didn't spot the difficulty selector um, mm-hmm. when I started, so I must just be on normal difficulty. It doesn't yeah. feel as punishing as Divinity 2. Same, um, same, yeah. But it also doesn't seem like it's overloading me with quests. Like, yes, it's the same, and I, I kind <laughs> so have of have you
1: opened up your journal. It looks like it probably looks. I know when I opened it up for the first time, I'm like, why is all this stuff in here?
0: But, right, and I and I know that like that's the thing. Like, you somebody says something in a dialogue, or you read a book, and it's giving you um, a little thing. It's not like. Uh, WoW or, or Diablo where there's all these exclamation points all over the map um, right. it's much more organic and
1: yeah, you go into it, town there's not when I went to town I expected exclamation points everywhere and nobody was highlighted in any way like, no, no I just had to talk the, by the way the don't object- talk
0: to the little kid in the Druid Town just don't do that
1: he's like a little <laughs> butthole uh,
0: I I did that already <laughs> and well I mean my character's a Druid so I have high charisma and I can, yeah. I can kind of, and also, um, I don't know. This isn't really a spoiler, but the 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 place because they're kids, right? They run off yeah. into the little thing. There's one of these in in Divinity also, but um, uh, I can wild shape into a cat and just uh, snuck nice. into their little cave and went and negotiated with their 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 Ah,
1: years. see that's something i couldn't do like it <laughs> got away i'm like oh, i i can't get there. i don't have any way to get smaller later on and mm. level up my my caster was able to cast like shrink and enlarge sure. but i was like oh if i had that yeah. i bet i could do it but now you're saying that the cats that that makes total sense because people can change shape and stuff
0: uh, yeah cat is small um i i did that because that's i've not played a lot of DD um but i've played a couple of um uh, Circle of the Moon Druids I don't know if I did Circle of the Moon again It's still I think maybe I did But whichever one Like I think I did the other one That lets me do bear Uh yeah. Lets me shapeshift Into a bear I usually do spider But the bear Is a better tank Yeah um, well the, it's just yeah. the,
1: the thing i like as we wrap this thing up with this this game that can, oh, we can I want, talk about a lot i, is I wanted to there's... talk
0: about this the skill checks like oh okay
1: oh and, the skill check sure yeah there
0: was there was a point where i was like can i speed up this animation because it's a little that's maybe the only thing i noticed performance wise running on a mac is that once in a while the game will hang while it's figuring out, like in combat oh
1: really okay it is i NPC, don't have that okay
0: the npc will attack and then i'll wait I'll wait, and then, like, I don't get any glitches in like running around or in Mm -hmm. the cutscenes. But every once in a while, in combat, like the NPC will attack, and then there'll be a several second delay before it'll process all that stuff. And like, oh, my character got thrown back into the thorns, and now she's prone, and I'm there, you know, I've got to go save her or or something like that. But the combat is turn based, so I don't. It's not like lag is a huge uh uh detriment there. But anyway, the the out of combat skill checks are like it's very well done, very well designed. And there was a point yeah. where I was like, "Can I speed up this animation of like the yeah. rolling the dice and figuring things?" But sure. it's not it doesn't really take that long. Yeah. And it even I don't know if this was always there, but I just discovered that there is an option like in that interface where i can add uh whatever the thing the cleric does guidance
1: yeah guidance that, that guidance is clutch yeah
0: to to give me a 1d4 on on whatever the role is um, I, I never want to get rid of her just for that <laughs> all the time <laughs> although although it is it is frustrating this seems like a very dnd world problem that's not a thing but whatever um where like I I did some check recently that was a that was a uh, difficulty difficulty class is that yep, the word yeah that's uh, right that's correct DC everybody DC. says DC so I'm like oh that's what that stands for that's um, what it stands for. it's it's not dice check Nope, um, difficulty class yeah difficulty class zero and I had advantage and I'm like why am I wasting advantage a zero on wow I never on, a, heard a zero. on a, I know. on on a zero there's uh. This might be a spoiler a little bit, but it, it's things involving the parasite. Okay. Um, or or every once in a while, there's something where I'm like, oh, this is obviously part of the story. Like mm-hmm. they're making. I don't, I don't know the fifth edition rule set well enough to know. Like I know in in the two d twenty system for Modiphius, there are times where you do difficulty zero checks to gain momentum.
1: Oh, I and see. Yeah,
0: I guess sometimes when i do a combat or something else my characters will get inspiration and so that might be all that is like mm-hmm. you do this zero and if you manage to roll 20 or whatever it gives you inspiration mm-hmm. inspiration
1: um, seems a little broken in this game it feels like to me it's like oh you failed you want to try it again because i use them all the time like because mm. i'll get I'll always get a lot more you know at least that's me i'm always like I, full inspiration
0: I succeed a lot of skill checks i think i've although that time i had advantage i rolled a one of them was a one so i was glad i had a second die even though it was zero and i had bonuses but like yeah. i use uh asterion to do all the thief stuff lock picking yep. and and trap yep. disarming he's and he's got guy. right he's got like three bonuses sleight of hand and and decks so and right. and the thieves tools like he never um, fails. Like how can he I'm fail? You like, gotta roll like, a two is, or something. Is is it is it possible I could fail this this check? And then um I mean it's a sort of happy coincidence that I rolled a druid, but I'm like, boy, I would not want to try and play this game without a high charisma I, character.
1: I, I agree. My my character is also it's a, a sorcerer, so she her so primary set is dialogue. charisma. Yeah and, yeah and and I had to do that, and it's one of the characters that I always play in D anyway. And she she has a high uh, charisma. And so, like, I'm just playing that character through. And she has, I made it just like my D&D character has, you know, um, persuasion uh, skill and, like, a noble family kind of skill. So those things just come up all the time and give me pluses. And, like, if I accidentally choose, I'll, I'll walk around with the fighter because I get jumped and the fighter can be in the front. Um, hmm. But then accidentally I'll trigger a talk. And I'm talking with the fighter and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I, you, got, you got to walk around town with the girl be, with my, my main character because she has so many options in yeah. the talkie talks. And then when you do the roles, I've got like plus three to charisma, plus three to persuasion, the mm-hmm. guidance. And then I picked up a cantrip as I leveled up called friends. That's just like the guidance that you can use it every conversation mm. and it lets you roll for advantage. And I'm like, oh my god, I got guidance and roll for advantage. This is just <laughs> like you said. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play without a character like that because it just so much options in the game have come open to me in the, the Goblin Town, especially. Um, and I'm sure you felt it in the Druid Town. The Druid Towns were kind of jerks to me because I wasn't a Druid.
0: Um, oh yeah, well, well, I have, I have high charisma and I'm a Druid. So and you're a there Druid, were, yeah, there, there are many times in conversation in the Druid Town where I'm negotiating with somebody, and they're like, "Here's a druid option," and I'd like quote some Sylvanas line f- from f- at them, and right. they're like, "Oh, you, you know, I can, I can quote the things too, you know, you could do, you know, whatever." <laughs>
1: whatever. Yeah, they're they they're all just jerks to me. I'll tell you what's fun, and, and we're way over on this one, but it's it's fun is is the rogue parts of it because. I always, in games, I like the idea of, like, sneaking in stuff, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as good. This one with, with Asterius, I just like being able to sneak around, and you can see when you're in the crouch mode where people can see you, potentially, where you have to roll your checks. And I'm like, it's I, I can sneak. Because there's this one spot you're going to see in the Goblin Town where there's just, like, a huge cache. It's like a treasure pile of all these treasure, and, like, I want in there so bad. And <laughs> you can see that there's dudes patrolling it, but if you're good, you can get in there, and I'm like, I'm gonna try it, you know. And I did. on the first go, and I was like, I was so excited about. It. And he just goes by himself, right? Because you pull yeah. him off the character things. You like, if he dies, it's on him, right? They, yeah. They're if you not like if you, he's if like you me. crouch,
0: he's he's separate. Um,
1: My other dudes are gonna be like, I don't know what he's doing. You know, he's whatever. Let him let him die. It's yeah,
0: great. yeah. I've made that mistake. Uh, crouch i mean because she has high decks right they're, they're very similar when i did the pickpocketing thing i got confronted three times because i took <laughs> several things out of his inventory and i feel like there's some way i know this is true in other games where you could like plant something in them that'll you know instead of stealing oh, that'd something be cool. like i haven't tried that give, I mean... give them something I don't, I don't know if this game uh uh has that i do appreciate that and it's tiresome even to me to keep comparing this game to divinity too but i appreciate that nobody is undead right in so, sure in, Yeah. in divinity 2 the rogue character was a skeleton and oh, so right. you had to deal with this like he doesn't heal from healing he heals from poison and so you yeah. can't use healing spells on him you, he has to drink poison to heal himself it's yeah. this whole like complex uh oh, complicated will, thing
1: i will also say that the the interface like, just the basic interface is a little confusing. I'm figuring it out. Like, when you're in combat, and you got to pick out, like, for, I have casters and such, so it's like your, um, what's it called, cantrips. You click a button, it shows you cantrips, and then it shows you your first-level spells and your second-level spells and your you, casual abilities or something. And it's just the way it's on the hotbar is really hard for me to get used to because you hmm. can't order things really on a hotbar. There is one I know I saw that was called custom. Maybe I'll look into that.
0: Um but it's, Oh, sure. where you and, can just and it's throw just kind everything of, on there. It yeah, took it does, me a while to find um help like how you help a downed character. It's down yeah. there in all the in all the movement speed. It's not bound to a hot key like the jump and the I appreciate that there's jump cuz divinity didn't have didn't have jump, jump
1: has been really useful I found like I can get up on ledges and stuff and I got by the way this game you can totally get stuck like I got I used a scroll to teleport up to a ledge and totally fought combat up there and they couldn't get me I was like "Ah, eat this I'm raining tear down from you and then I had no way to get down there was was this
0: Divinity (sighs) 2 had this annoying thing like you'd get teleport gloves and so like that was the only way to get to inaccessible areas I don't know how you're normally supposed to get out of the Druid Town but I definitely went up in the direction of the quest and then jumped down um in a way that almost killed each of my party because i had to do it manually. <laughs> they, they wouldn't follow me um and then like went a little bit farther and did a long rest because i'd used both of my short rests but i'm like I, I, this I was just probably rid- not the right way to do this but they, they yeah. all were down to like two hit points from jumping. To,
1: you know, of I, I discovered wait, just waypoint it. Like I always forget that you can just teleport to a waypoint and it'll take all your characters from the map. Like, Oh yeah. Duh. Um, that's, that's the easy way out of that, that thing. Um, last Overstock, thing on this stock, yeah. because we're way over now. Last thing on this thing I, I want to appreciate about is that there are definitely things that you can get into like rabbit holes that you go down and you're like, Oh, I'm, I was in the Goblin Town, and I did this thing, which I'm not going to say because you're there, and I'm actually talking to the Goblin Town people. Mm -hmm. And then I decide to – because they're goblins. They're not really good people, right? And I decide to be – I let my underhanded evil people in my party do their underhanded evil things because it's against (laughs) evil people. So, like, they went and ganked somebody in a back room, and then I was Mm -hmm. like, "Ah, I got into their special back room. This is awesome. And I looted the crud out of their special area, right? and I'm mm-hmm. like oh there's my person said oh what's this did the pers- perception check and there's like a little secret door and I'm like oh cool and I go into the secret door and it takes me into this underground cave system then I'm down there and then it's a, a deserted temple further deeper in and now all of a sudden I'm in the underdark and I'm like whoa this is just like totally not the place that I think it kind totally <laughs> goes into a whole different quest areas and st- stuff I'm like and this was optional right like the other thing is to not do that what i did on mm-hmm. the thing i'm like wow this game just has so much i'd say hidden things to it that you don't have to do but that yep. you can do and when you do them they're just not like little like oh you got through this thing here you go here's your reward here's your chest it's a whole stories or quests or people in there and you know dialogues and like just a lot of work these guys did a lot of good good work yeah so anyway thumbs up I right i'm enjoying the game so far just on a casual way. I'm not really overthinking or min-maxing anything with it right now. I'm just enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of doing that too. So I'm having, yeah. I'm having fun with it. All right. We're we going long here. So let's wrap it up. You've been listening to Front Porch's episode 311, 311. Uh, thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. If you want to tell us your favorite things about Baldur's Gate 3, you can email us. That address is frontporchpod, all one word, at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontportpodcast.com, you can find show notes and a contact form if you're not into email. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of Your Choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. See you next time. No, that's I say see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>